Good morning, FCS football fans. Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, the 2019 CAA Preview, here presented by Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. I am David Hassig, and of course, and returning with me, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, you ready to talk some CAA football? Bro, I live CAA football. You live CAA football. Nah, but I'm, I am ready to talk <laughs> CAA football because there's a lot to talk about, and we got a lot of good things coming with the, you know, go-go offense. Uh, the book coming out August 25th, <laughs> footballgameplan.com slash go-go offense. Their offensive coordinator, Brennan Marion, uh, uh, William & Mary, is, is, you know, he's putting out a book explaining his offense. So we got a ton of stuff to talk about the CAA. I mean, that's going to be perfect for everybody else in the conference. Oh, hold on. let's get, let's get them. <laughs> They're pre-ordering the book. It's like, where are we getting all these pre-orders from? Why are we getting one from New Hampshire, Rhode Island, <laughs> right. Delaware? Why are all these people... Oh, wait. Exactly. <laughs> it might have been good to do that after this season, Coach. Let, let him get the surprise first. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about the CAA this year. <laughs> Folks, this is our third preview. If you want to listen back to our other podcasts, we've already covered the Big Sky and the Big South. Again, we go in order here. We do not play favorites in the FCS. You can listen to those on SoundCloud and iTunes. You can also get ready for Emory's videos. Those will be coming out before the season starts on August 24th on footballgameplan.com and youtube.com slash footballgameplan. And don't forget, you can follow Emery at fballgameplan on Twitter and myself at David Hassagan, uh David underscore Hassagan on Twitter as well. You got a Twitter account? I've got the, yeah, I've got the uh, the what? full Twitter account. I mean, a couple, right. couple lists. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, decided to finally. Uh, I might have to follow you, man. I think you already. I don't have the blue check mark. I'm hard to find. Well, that's why I have my assistance from my account. <laughs> Your assistance. Assistance. Your Plural. assistance. Okay, folks. The ego <laughs> in this room right now is just absolutely incredible. You have a man one blue check mark, and all of a sudden, <laughs> he's an egomaniac. Y'all make more about the blue check mark than anybody else. I I woke up one morning. I had a blue check mark. Next thing you know, every time somebody. Hits me up on Twitter, say, "Hey man, congratulations on the blue checkmark!" Like, bro, it's just a checkmark. My takes are still the same. My takes are not as hot like Dave's takes are. Mine are just my my. So nothing has changed for me. I can only imagine what will happen when you get a blue check. Oh, that's gonna be the end days. That's that's your blue check will be a blue flame. That'll be (laughs) that'll be an apocalypse (laughs) starting to happen. If you want to listen to some really hot takes, we've had some pretty good hot takes the first couple. I think so. I I got. I think I have a pretty good one here. You go. Oh, okay. I have a pretty good one here. A little preview, folks. Yeah. Let's talk about this. (laughs) Little tease. Let's talk about the CAA Emory. Let's talk about what happened last year to start things off, folks. We always like to look back before we look forward, and let's start with what happened in the CAA last year. An absolute murderer's row of teams, none of which really stood out in terms of the all-around effort. But you had a lot of teams at six and five, seven and five. JMU had a really nice year still at nine and four. But last year was the rise of the Black Bears. U Maine, where did this come from? I mean, I was a fan of U Maine at the beginning of last yeah, year. Yeah, you were. I did not expect them to make the national semifinals. Ten and four season, seven and one in conference. What an incredible year from out of absolutely nowhere for UMaine. Bro, they, their defense was outstanding. We saw them take it to Jacksonville State in the playoffs. Um, they were really good defensively. Yet they lose Sterling Sheffield, um, the outstanding edge rusher who's now in the NFL. Yeah. But there's a lot more of that same defense from 2018 that's back in 2019. So I would expect to see the Black Bears being, once again, one of those teams to – that could be a problem week in, week out. And I think one of the, the underrated thing was the offensive line for UMaine. 
when you have back-to-back 1,000-yard rushes in the CAA where the defenses are so good, especially in the front seven, that says something. You've had, and right. it wasn't even the same running back. You've got two different running backs exactly. in two consecutive years, both running for 1,000 yards. An incredible job from Maine. We kind of saw that at the beginning of last year. They got that win um, over UNH, which shocked a lot of people because a lot of people thought, okay, this is going to be UNH. You threw a party when they beat UNH, didn't you? Uh, only because they got something they don't think they deserved the year before. That's don't go only, to, you can't go to Durham. I can go to Durham, <laughs> New Hampshire. I can drive through New Hampshire to get to Maine. But speaking <laughs> of New Hampshire, did you see the, the, the article from uh, yesterday? Guy was coming back from the NASCAR race, and he was doing 142 miles an hour on I-95 in a Jeep. Wow. In New, he was going, he's from New Jersey. His excuse to the cops. I didn't even know Jeeps get up that high. That's what shocked me. But uh, his excuse apparently was, I'm just trying to get home. I mean, <laughs> technically. New Hampshire does something to people is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But when Maine started off last year getting that win against New Hampshire, who was ranked number seven True. in week one, then they beat Western Kentucky. That was a big one. People were thinking, okay, wait a minute here. What's going on? Then they lose to Central Michigan in a tight ball game. They then get smoked by Yale. And then people are thinking, okay, this is the main we came to expect. You know, 500 team, good team, maybe a little over 500. Then they beat number 19, Villanova. Then they beat number 16, Rhode Island. They drop at William Mary, but only lie seven points. Then they beat Albany, Towson, Richmond, Elon. They just went on this incredible run at the end of the year that if you had said at week four this team is going to make the postseason, you would think, eh, maybe. The momentum was incredible. They put up 55 on Jacksonville State. They put up 23. They beat Weber, who, I mean, Weber had an incredible season. Right. They finally hit Eastern Washington, and that was just way too fast. Too much travel for you. Their defense was, was game. Offensively, they couldn't get anything going. Not, not in that game. Uh, but certainly incredible. Right, that travel that week. Because they, they were at Weber State, then they flew back to Maine. Because and they the, had, like, uh, the band showed up, like, right, two minutes exactly. the game at Weber. They <laughs> had a <laughs> weird travel. I remember that, yeah. Um, but really an incredible season for Maine. And then, like I said, the rest of the conference was really a war of attrition. Seven of 12 teams above 500, but only two wins with six-plus wins in the conference. It shows you, again, why the CAL is, CAA is held to such esteem in terms of the depth of this conference and how good all these teams really are. I agree. I mean, it's just a really good conference, top to bottom. A lot of balance. Uh, you know, one could beat twelve, could beat one. Yeah. You know, on any given Saturday, so it. You know, you really don't know what you're getting. They they beat up on each other, but when they go out of conference, they do really well. Yeah. We saw Rhode Island nearly pull off. Should have pulled off the upset against Central <laughs> Michigan. Um, and so we've seen this team go out, and you know, we've seen these teams go out out of conference and, and perform well. And have NFL draft picks, so yeah. this is a very good conference. It's a very good. I mean, you look at you know Towson had a great year last year, but they only went five and three. You look at UNH, four and seven year, but they had three wins in conference. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't really calculate well when you're talking about a strong conference like this. But then maybe again it does, and you've got you know Elon, Delaware, Stony had a great year. URI was at six and five. Shout out to the Rams. As, Told you guys. as you as you predicted, they are on the uptick. Try to tell you guys, man. Listen to the show. Which leads to the question: Is there a power shift happening that we possibly saw starting last year? We saw Maine, Towson, URI had really good years. UNH, Richmond, Albany kind of fell off. JMU they got nine wins. They still they weren't you know the JMU of old. I think there was a bit of a power shift maybe starting to happen in this conference, which happens from time to time. You see, you know, these top teams, they dip a little bit, and then they come right back a few years later. I think we might have seen the start of it last year. 
True, but you could also see the same teams back in the mix once again, the, your traditional True. blue bloods. True. Uh, I think it's it's all about how these guys handle the middle part of the season. Out of conference, they tend to do well. Yeah. You know, yes. and the back end by that time is usually decided on who's going to do what. The middle part of the season for me is where we're going to learn a lot about these teams. Yes, absolutely, for sure. And let's talk about some of the returning players that impressed us so much last year. And we've got to start with Tom Flacco, the younger brother of, yes, that Flacco, Joe Flacco of, of Delaware. What an incredible season at Towson for the transfer Tom Flacco last year as a junior. To throw for 3,200 yards in the CAA and 26 or 28 touchdowns, that's an incredible stat line from a young man who came in as a transfer. That's an, he, he took Towson from an average average program, and he's just vaulted it. What he's going to do for that program in the next five years in terms of recruiting, that's a lot of it on him. I did the broadcast for the Battle of Greater Baltimore between Towson and, and Morgan State. Yeah. It was the first game of the season, I'm, and I'm like, man, Flacco balling out here. Like, they couldn't <laughs> – contain. It, I had flashbacks. It reminded me of my college playing days when we – Played South uh, Sam Houston State, mm. and we were, we thought we were gonna blow that blow them out. We ended up losing in overtime. Yeah, because the quarterback was just phenomenal, it, running around making plays. It was yeah. Josh McCown. Yeah, like it was like yeah. hey, what the hell. So, but his running back Shane Simpson, I'm excited to see him. Yeah, uh, you know dual threat, tri threat. If you want to count his ability as a returner, I think it's gonna be excellent. You know Flacco and Simpson. You know there are some questions on defense, but. Simpson and Flacco should help carry that offense. I think another wide receiver to watch is Aaron Parker from URI going into his senior season. Shout out to the Rams again. 61 catches, 955 yards, and 10 touchdowns. He was a very big weapon for a very improved URI Rams last year. He's going to be interesting to watch. The other offensive player I'm watching is Craig is uh, Chris Ferguson from UMaine, uh, the quarterback who's coming back. Obviously, again, he's going to have another new running back to work with here, but – 22 touchdowns he was a big part he, again not a quarterback that's going to blow you away on the stat line he only threw for 2300 yards but he's effective in how he manages a game and it's going to be critical if Maine is going to return to the playoffs this season Raleigh Stapleton and Rashad Robinson two James Madison players Stapleton mm-hmm. on offense big time receiver 6'5 Love how he just snatches the ball out the air. Although it looks like he's – it sounds from what I've heard, I don't think he's going to be around for the first couple games of this season. Right, because of what happened in the offseason so. off-the-field issue. But when they get him back out there, that's a big-time weapon. Yeah. Uh, and Robinson, they get back from injury. True. You know? So he's another ball hawk. We just saw Jimmy Moreland is going to be a phenomenal rookie. He was outstanding at the Shrine game, yeah. got drafted by the Redskins. And so he's going to be this year's version of Danny Johnson, who they found as an undrafted free agent last year out of Southern. Right. So they're going to have now Robinson be another potential draft pick. He's on the senior bowl watch list. I would also look at Maurice Jackson, a defensive end from Richmond. Mm, okay. If Richmond's defense gets better yeah. and they stop turning the ball over on offense, yeah, they'll be much better than what we saw last year. But I think Agreed. when you have a Maurice Jackson and, and what he did defensively for them, bright spot for the Spiders defense, I think he's going to be excellent this year and – Looking forward to see what he can do this season. One other guy I want to keep an eye on is Christian Benford from Villanova. It's very rare to have an impact freshman in this day of college football. To have it on the defensive side of the ball is even rarer. So to have a freshman with five interceptions, that's incredible. And that's, again, Villanova last year was supposed to be it for them, and then they got injured again. Can they stay healthy enough with a solid defensive core 
to have a big impact on this conference this year. Health is key. Health is <laughs> health is definitely key. For Villanova. I feel like everybody got hurt for Villanova. Again, folks, this is the FCS Opening Drive Podcast. This is our CAA preview show brought to you by Football Game Plan and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Let's move forward now to 2019. And let's talk about some new coaches because there are four new head coaches uh, in charge of FCS programs this year. I'm going to start with Elon. Tony Tristiani takes over the reins of an Elon team that two years ago came out of absolutely nowhere. Last season, underperformed a little bit. Six and five, four and three in the conference. Tristiani is now the new head man at Elon. What can we expect? We can expect that team to be very good because JMU's new head coach, Kurt Signetti, left the cupboard <laughs> well stacked with talent yes. in the two short years he was there. Yes. Uh, so I think he's going to hit the ground running. They have a lot of talent. They get some guys back healthy. They right. lose an NFL draft pick in Ali Udo, the offensive lineman. Yep. Um, but this is a very good football team on both sides of the ball. It'll be interesting to see where they fall within this, this you know, 12-team league. And, again, Tristiani brought in his, his entire new staff as well. He brought in uh, Drew Fulmer to take over the offense and uh, Billy Crocker to run the defense at, at uh, Elon for the Phoenix this year. You talked about Coach Signetti. The rich get richer. He builds an incredible program with a lot of talent at Elon. He now goes to the gem of this conference in terms of historical significance. That's the JMU Dukes. He's just gonna. He's got to be looking at his chops, looking at what he has in terms of talent now at JMU. I love their stadium, Bridgeport Stadium. Beautiful I, stadium. I've driven past that en route to uh, Washington and Lee, en route to Virginia Tech. You should come down and stop for a game, man. I'm telling you. I will get to a game at JMU at some point. Um, but you're right. Signetti inherits a fantastic program and a team that has fantastic talent a lot of seniors on this team a lot of seniors so they should win right away mike houston who is now with uh um east carolina left the the cupboard again well stocked with talent and you have a blue blood program in my opinion in in james madison so signetti based off what he did at iup based off what he did at elon i don't expect any drop off here at jmu let's move on to again one of the favorites from last year umaine uh, Joe Harasmiak, Springfield College guy, moving on after uh, three seasons. He was a good dude. In charge of the Black Bears. Incredible what he did up there for that program. Nick Charlton takes over the reins now for UMaine. He's going to have a lot of expectations on him now up in uh, up in the far northeast. Love the continuity, though. Yes. Because it keeps the message the same. It keeps the philosophy the same. And the recruiting doesn't change. True. So he's going to recruit True. the UMaine player. I think that right there yields itself to this team still being in the mix this year. Going to be very interesting to watch UMaine under the new reins. And speaking of a change, not really new reins, but a changing of the guard of our last coaching change, and that is William and Mary. After 39 years, Jimmy Laycock finally retires from William and Mary, although he will be there, I'm sure, at every game. And I have a feeling, I don't want to hold this over Coach London's head, but if things start going downhill... Coach, you want to come down from the stands and help out here? Uh, there's going to be some pressure on uh, Coach Mike London for sure, uh, who takes over after spending the last couple of years at Howard. But this is a William & Mary team that's used to success. They're talking about another Blue Blood program. Is this where they finally become more relevant and close to the top again in the CAA? You look at Mike London's history, and I don't think it gets talked about enough. A lot of really good programs in his National pedigree. Championship yeah. winning program at Richmond. Richmond, Boston he, College. Boston. He turned Howard 
into must-see TV yeah. and had those guys formidable winning records. Howard, Howard arguably should have been a playoff team last year. You could make that argument. They should have went to gone to perhaps the, the Celebration Bowl. Yeah. So Coach London can coach his ass off. He can also recruit his ass off. When you look at the talent that Howard was able to bring in, the talent that Richmond had, the talent that they were able to bring into Virginia when he was there. Yeah. And now that they're going to have here in uh, at, at William and Mary, this is where he wanted to be. This yeah. is home for him. So oh, yeah. this is this is like a match made in heaven. I think he's going to do great things there. He has a fantastic coaching staff, which is also key. He's one one of the most underrated football hotbeds in terms of high school football is Northern Virginia. I Northern did a Virginia. I, DC. I did a broad, I did a high school championship game there. Oscar Smith versus Colonial Forge, one of the best high school football games I've seen. Yeah. Um, and I was just amazed at the amount of football talent in Virginia. No wonder. Yeah. And when you go back and think about it, like man, Virginia, when I was coming up in high school, Virginia was good, like legit blue blood. Yeah. And Virginia Tech was good, legit blue blood. They were stock with Richmond. Virginia Tech. Richmond was good. JMU you know, always beat – always uh, last few years they beat in Virginia. And William Mary at the time was a really good program. So all of that was from Virginia athletes, yeah. essentially. So And this is the guy who's worked with pretty much every major school except for Vatek in that state at one time or another. He knows the area. He's played there. He knows what the fans expect. I think Mike London could be poised for a very, very high level of success. Shout out to William for the try. I went down there in um, this past on Memorial Day. That is a beautiful, it's beautiful not a, campus. It, you almost can't even call it a campus. It's the ground, right? Like you, <laughs> when you pull up, it's funny because you go deep into Virginia, and like last year, I went to Charlottesville, and I was blown away. Even though it was raining, yeah. just blown away at the magnificent layout of the University of Virginia's campus. Oh yeah. William and Mary, I was there in May, and I was like, my God, this long <laughs> drive up, these tall trees, and then this colonial Williamsburg just pops up at the university. <laughs> I'm like, outstanding. And, and, and it's amazing, too, because you can drive through you know, farm country and fields and mountains and not see anything, and all of a sudden you hit Charlottesville or you get to William and Mary, and you're like, wow. This is phenomenal. <laughs> okay. I get it. Let's talk about what to watch in 2019, and we're going to start with, I think, a lot of people who, again, will be the favorite, and that's JMU. They are poised, I think, for a very, very special season. I don't know if it's going to be undefeated special, but it's going to be damn close to that. Yeah, because Ignati is a great coach, got great talent at JMU. That, they, that, that's an easy one. That's And they're not happy. They're yeah. not happy about how last year ended right. and at I, all. I think you got to talk. We just left off with Williamsburg. Go back. Go-go offense. Yeah. Howard, the biggest point spread ups, upset in college football history when they beat UNLV. Yeah. They were, I think they were like 45-point underdogs Something who won that like game. That. Yeah. Um, and we've seen this offense. Like, Howard is set up now for Coach Prince out there, Ron Prince. You have Kayla Newton at, at the quarterback, a 1,000-yard rusher in Dedrick Pearson, who was a walk-on there and became a phenomenal runner. They have an NFL prospect in Jaquez Ezzard yeah. at receiver and also in Kyle Anthony. Yeah. They were on a team prior to Coach London getting there and prior to Coach Marion getting there with the with the go-go offense. Yeah. And one thing that was not something that people talked about, Howard's offensive line, they, they really only had six linemen, yeah. six, seven linemen. What we know William & Mary is good for, 
offensive lineman. Yes. At least, right? Yes. So you take the system, the go-go, you give them now a great offensive line. I'm excited to see how this offense looks at William & Mary. One offense I want to keep a lo- keep an eye on, there's a couple that need to reload this year, and they're gonna. that's Maine, UNH, and Stoney. Let's start with Maine. Ramon Jefferson last year, 1,000-yard rusher, had some off-the-field issues. He is no longer at UMaine. So, again, you need a, another brand-new running back at UMaine. They've lost some wide receivers. They have the consistency in terms of the coaching and the quarterback position right. and the O-line. How do they reload there? UNH. Trevor Knight has graduated. Lapoli has transferred. Who takes over the reins in what is seems like an open competition at UNH for the quarterback position? And then Stony Brook. They lost both parts of the Long Island Express, which is 2,100 yards combined. It's a lot of rushing. They've got a running back turned linebacker who's now going back to running back in Isaiah White, and they only have three returning starters on offense. But they do have a great running backs coach in Omar King. True. So if there's anybody who can get that settled, it's him. But there's that's three teams that were really good last year who are going to have a lot of reloading to do to get ready to go this season. I don't know who's going to win the starting job at Villanova, but if it were me, based off what I saw from him in high school and a little bit we saw last year from him, mm-hmm. Kadir Ismail, mm. 6'7", QB from Philly. Yeah. Quadri Ismail's son, the missile. Wow. You know, okay. so six seven QB, tremendous high school talent. That's got every uh, NFL scout's ears perked up. Six he's seven. A, he, right. Because it has to, you have to be a love at least six. And the two. last name. I mean, so he has a pedigree. So uh, he, he, I don't know if they, I know they played him in one game, and it was the Richmond game. So I don't know if he redshirted. So he may still be a redshirt freshman because right. you know you had the four game window right, now. Right. Yeah. So if he wins that starting job, I think they have something now that they didn't have when you know for, that you really could count on a potent potential potentially passing game. Yeah. To go along with what we know they could do run the football with that offensive line and so, a good defense. Exactly. And I, I think the one other thing too is which of the big three bigger programs historically can recover. And talking about UNH, Albany, and Richmond. Because all three of them had really down years last year. I think Richmond was probably the most surprising of the three of them um, in terms of last year's results. I want to see which one of those teams can start to get off the mat for 2019 and move forward. I also want to keep an eye on Rhode Island, see what Rhode Island does this year. They tasted (laughs) success last year, and we know sustained success is what you're looking for. Yeah. Can they – you know, forget what happened last year and build on that and be better this year because teams can rest on what they did last year and, and think they've arrived. Yeah. So we want to see what Rhode Island does this year to build on the success they had last year. Now that they have that confidence and, yeah. hey, we, we, we beat teams, we won, we were in games, yeah. can they have a, a non-core performance but even better? You and your Rams. I, I will Shout say out this to the Rams. Th- they have the best color scheme, I believe, you know. It, it, it's a classic. Anytime you have sky blue – in a mix, yeah. or Carolina blue, yeah, yeah. or Rhode Island blue, let's call it that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, because that's my first game to watch, is actually their matchup in week two at home against Delaware, because that was a massive upset last year early in the season. For you guys. <laughs> for everybody. I right? knew it was. I, I knew but it was. Delaware, that, they're going to look for some revenge here. They have to be after last year, because that kind of sent them on a kind of a tailspin for a good portion of the season. So... Great offense versus great defense 
and that's why I'm looking at – and I say great offense without having even seen them play offense yet. But potentially this is going to be a great offense. And that's September the 14th, William & Mary at Colgate. So that's going to be a fantastic game. Interesting. But it's not the only time Colgate makes the list because Villanova you, I was about to say, at Colgate. Yeah. So shout out to Colgate getting into the CAA conversation twice. Um, those are two <laughs> big games for those two programs, but they're against the same opponent in Colgate. So yeah. Colgate's out-of-conference schedule, is they're, they're serious about playoff seeding this year. I, I, wanted to, I want to throw something in. Another week one matchup, you do, we were talking about Stony Brook. How do they replace and recover? Their first game is at home against Bryant. That could, could. Again, Bryant underperformed last year as well. But again, we'll see how fast the growing pains get over with at Stony Brook. That could be a really telling game. JMU at Stony Brook, October the 5th. Trap game? Could be. Because we know Stony Brook defense will be sound. Kamara is a really good uh, pro prospect, I believe, on the defensive line. Um, and JMU comes in, and they usually drop one game a year. Yeah. Usually yeah. happens. Um, this could be that game. I would also look at October the 19th, Richmond and Yale. Nice game there. Nice game. A lot of academics. Um, Yale looking to recover after a subpar season last year. Still good, but subpar. They get everybody back healthy. Yeah, and I think I, I'm going to talk about week three here, though, because this could be a critical game in terms of the big scheme. UMaine hosting Towson. Yeah, I had that one down too, yeah. That is a huge game really, really early. And if UMaine can win that game somehow, okay, they're back in the conversation as being possible conference winners. If Towson goes up to Orono, granted it's in September, so it, won't, it will still be around the freezing mark. They can mark. get there at least. It'll only be the freezing mark. It won't be down to zero yet. <laughs> right. If they win that ball game and do it easily with Tom Flacco, I think Towson could easily be a favorite in this conference this year. What a great way to start off the hot take segment because that right there is pretty hot. That's just one game you already about to put Towson in the playoffs in the championship game by beating Maine. <laughs> like so, you, is that your hot take or no? I can expand on it if you want. That was your hot take. I can expand on it. What's your hot take? Tom Flacco wins the Player of the Year. The Peyton Walter Payton okay. Award. Towson wins the CAA. Is that really a hot take? Considering you still have JMU with their... Oh, right, 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 right. I see them above JMU. Okay. I see them above Maine. Because I don't believe... I'll have to check on this, but I don't think... I'll have to see when Towson plays JMU. They play them at JMU on October the 26th. That's mid-season. That's going to tell us how. Wow, okay. But I think they win that game... In the Shenandoah Valley, they do have a tough game. They, the games I can I'll, – I'll put it this way. The games I see Towson losing this year at Florida, they're at the Swamp in week four, and that's about it. Wow, so you got them losing one game. I think they can finish 10-1. Shout out to Shenandoah University, too. You passed – Past that on the way to and Bridgewater College because exactly, there you, well. you, you pass you pass, you pass those two <laughs> schools as you get toward James Madison. Shout out to the uh, Shenandoah as well. Um, my hot your hot take was okay. Uh, okay, it, I, I had to, I pretty had to, hot. I had to take it down a couple notches from what I did for the Big South. Trust well, me, folks. But if, <laughs> if you want to listen to some a really hot take, listen to the Big South podcast again. You can listen to it on SoundCloud and iTunes. Go right, there. You go. Um, <laughs> my hot take is William and Mary makes the playoffs. 
Really? Okay. I, you know what? It, it's a plausible hot take. I appreciate that. It's a plausible hot take, but it's not a lukewarm take. No, it's not a lukewarm take. It's not riding the fence. Um, okay. I think they made the playoffs. I think because what they have is what we haven't seen Howard have, which is offensive line mm. and offensive line depth. Okay. The skill positions will be the skill positions. I right. know those guys can recruit. Defensively, when you're having a great offense, your defense can sort of, you know, get up to speed and, and be sound because you can make a team one dimension if they can't stop your offense. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll be good on defense. I think they'll be good up front along the offensive line. The offense, the go go offense, is gonna sometimes it's gonna make this thing interesting in the CAA. Sometimes the best weapon you can have is being unknown. Bingo. And this is an offense that. The CAA is very – it's kind of traditional. You know, really good defensive football, kind of a pro-style approach to offense True. for most of the teams. Yeah, you throw an up-tempo offense in there? An uh, up-tempo ball control offense, up-tempo running offense. Like, imagine that. Yeah. Like That's that, a big play offense, too. Yeah, that makes no sense. Right. But, you haven't seen it, but you can see it August 25th at footballgameplan.com slash go-go offense. <laughs> there it is. And Pre-order you know, your copy. Well, how about, how about this, though? Going back to one more game, November the 11th, Towson at William & Mary. If the go-go offense is in full effect, that game could end like 65-62. That could be a madness. You say that, but... But it also highlights a, another potential issue for Towson, which is why your take was a hot take. Defense. Exactly. No Monty Fenner. True. No DeAndre Wallace. True. That Those were two cornerstone defensive players. Two cornerstone defensive players. But there, that was a defense last year, though, that was overall. Not that good. Improving. True. Improving. And I think if you've got Tom Flacco anywhere – near where he was I last season. I think you set the quota for saying Tom Flacco's name. We'll get our research department at Craig Haley to check on that. <laughs> Tom Flacco, Tom Flacco, Tom Flacco. <laughs> let's, just throw, let's just throw those in there. Um, but let's just also hope, random side note, let's hope there's no hurricanes this year because we had a couple games That was wild last canceled year. Because last year's weather was How ridiculous. How many games were lost last year? Because there was like five, six games in the FCS alone that were canceled because of hurricanes, I think. Yeah. Something like that. It, it's some... The games were moved up, games were moved out, games were moved to different locations. It was like, let's, let's hope Mother Nature, I mean, I, I severely doubt it, but let's hope he's, she's a little calmer around football season this year, or at least at least do it in the middle of the week. You know, come in on like a, a Monday, right? be out by like Wednesday, and then we can get the field back into some sort of order for And shout out Friday. to Flow Football, too, signing that big deal with the CAA to broadcast 50 of their games. Uh, I do some writing with Flow Football, so you'll see my – articles on the CAA a lot on Flow Football this year, but Flow Football is going to do great things. I like Flow Football. I've done uh, college football broadcasts with them for the All-Star Games down in Florida that I do in, uh, you know, the FCS Bowl, the uh, National Bowl, the and the uh, Tropical Bowl right. in January. I've done games with Flow Football. Great company. I think they're going to do great things with the CAA. It's a big thing for them. It's going to be interesting to watch. Again, check out Flow Football for all the CAA content. And again, don't forget to follow both of us on Twitter. Follow Football Game Plan. Emery's going to have his uh, videos coming out where he'll go more in-depth. He'll have his full predictions for the CAA and all the FCS conferences. Uh, you already have your uh, recruiting roundup out for the CAA yep. with the uh, Football Game Plan 400, the uh, freshman 
uh, class coming in this year. Check that out. You want to be the expert? Hey, who's this freshman that's blowing up college football? Oh, well, I read about him on footballgameplan.com. You know. Footballgameplan400.com. Check out the full 400 list. Exactly. So be- become an expert, folks, today. Become an expert on your favorite FCS school and FCS conference on footballgameplan.com. Don't forget to follow Emery and myself on Twitter, at FBallGamePlan and at David underscore Hassagan uh, for hot takes, football knowledge, random banter. Your hot takes are phenomenal. (laughs) (laughs) My hot takes are flambe, and we're only three podcasts into the season. It's fantastic. Folks, thanks for listening in. Coming up next, we will have the Ivy League preview, a conference that was all over the place last season. Uh, And, again, we will be talking all the FCS conferences as we go along through the next couple weeks. Ivy, then the MEAC, Missouri Valley, we're going in order. If you want to listen back to the Big Sky of the Big South, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for all of your knowledge. Again, this is David Hassagan for Emory Hunt. Thanks for listening in.